it seems like everybody wants a piece of the Cavendish twins right now. <laughs> yeah, it's been so cool. In many ways, they're like the Kardashians of college sports. Everybody wants to know about them. Every month or every two weeks, I got like $1,000 or something like that for a post that I posted on my story. Two years ago, making 10 bucks was a problem. Now, kids could make $2 million, $5 million, and you're not even gonna blink an eye. You know, it is the Wild Wild West to some degree. It's a form of slavery. They make all the money. You do all the work. We built this program in God's name, image, and likeness. You have to become a big boy or a big girl real quick. Under the bright lights and booming roar, University of Miami fans know who they're here to see. Hannah and Haley Cavender, twins, ballers, social media superstars, recently taking over March Madness, thrusting Miami into the Elite Eight for the first time in program history, having one of the NCAA tournament's most viral moments along the way. They're not just known for having some serious game, but also they're following online. Almost five million between the two of them on TikTok. But you're not here for a story about a couple of amateur athletes. What makes this story different is that for the first time ever, student athletes like these two are now making millions of dollars. It's the debate that surrounded college sports for as long as most of us can remember. Should student athletes be getting paid? Now, for the first time, they're allowed to profit off their name, image, and likeness, or NIL. We're here at the University of Miami to link up with two of the school's biggest stars to find out how they're cashing in. How you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Oh, God. Appreciate it. An easy win for the Cavenders and the Canes. And in today's era of college sports, on the court and off of it, it seems like these twins just can't lose. Yo, even after game day, y'all still got it. Big win yesterday. Yes. Talk to me about the deals and how they started coming through. Yes. Because you guys, it seems like everybody wants a piece of the Cavendish twins right now. <laughs> it's been so cool. And just being able to share a passion of social media and basketball. And you guys mind walking me through some of your endorsements? We'd love to just get, like, get a rundown. Here are our favorite gifts from Champ Sports. We're champs athletes for them. We have WWE, Life Wallet, Cigarette, Racing. And then we also have 
a company called Baseline, which is college streetwear. We have equity in that. You don't mind me asking, how much do you think you guys are pulling in a year? <laughs> I don't let that be unknown. <laughs> we'll let that be unknown, fair enough. Stop. Stop. It's okay. Ah, you got it. <laughs> they might be coy on the cash flow, but their deals suggest big numbers. On3, which estimates NIL earnings for athletics, says the twins are pulling in more than $1.6 million a year, cashing in alongside other student stars, like LeBron James' son, high school baller Bronny James, Peyton and Eli Manning's nephew, quarterback Arch Manning, and social media megastar gymnast Olivia Dunn. And it's all because of three letters, N-I-L. Name, image, and likeness. The three magic words that have upended the landscape of college sports as we've known it. After decades of being prevented from making money before becoming professionals and being punished if they did. In June 2021, the Supreme Court ruled that amateur athletes can now get paid. And that was the game changer. Two years ago, making 10 bucks was a problem. Now, kids could make $2 million $5 million, and you're not even gonna blink an eye. And I, I keep saying, we're just getting started. From gymnastics, to March Madness, to the gridiron, from college to high school, student athletes are leveraging their personal brands and social media following for profit and cashing in. Has this changed your life? Yes. Yes, 100%. I have a brand on myself, I have a brand for my family, I'm representing them. But have the floodgates opened too fast? A lot of those same critics will say people like yourself are buying these athletes. I mean, what do you say to that? At the end of the day, it's a deal, right? With the very first punishment in the NIL era hitting a major university team right at home. Schools and athletes are navigating uncharted landscape with few guidelines. Let's go, let's go, one more time, come on, switch, switch. Creating a vacuum that leaves student athletes vulnerable. Boom, good, good. It's a situation where we're trying to figure out how exactly does it affect our young people, especially at the high school level. But some sports legends are pushing back. NBA Hall of Famer Charles Barkley coming out against NIL on 60 Minutes. It's a travesty and a disgrace. We can't pay all these players. All of this debate sparking a slew of questions. Should NCAA athletes be allowed to profit from their own fame? Who is regulating all of this? And what happens to college sports in the years ahead? It's all a little confusing, right? If only there were a couple attorneys with real sports business chops who could explain it all. Take one. It's just the ability to make money through a number of different means, social media marketing, signing autographs, creating your own merchandise. When the Supreme Court handed down that decision, it changed everything. And it's important for people to understand, this is not the school paying athletes to play. That's not it. Right. What it is is, it's the kids, the student athletes, being able to go out and say, hey, I'm willing to lend my name to this particular product, and you can sell it, and you pay me for that. When the basketball stops, Hannah and Haley Cavender are building their brand in the real world. Photo shoots on multi-million dollar boats in Miami Harbor. Massive features in the middle of New York's Times Square are all par for the course. Yeah, twin. 
take me through seeing yourselves on a billboard. It was in Times Square, right? Yeah, yeah. it was on like a big billboard in Times Square. That pinch me moment was from the earliest days of NIL eligibility nearly two years ago, when Hannah and Haley struck one of the biggest deals at the time with Boost Mobile. It's like a bucket list that you didn't even know was a bucket list until it happened. The twins, raised in Arizona, originally made their name as hotshot guards at the talented but slightly less competitive Fresno State University. The Cavender twins are a social media and marketing sensation. They have millions of followers. They have deals with major advertisers. We are teaming up with TurboTax. And all the while, they have this incredible ability to just be themselves. They were athletes who had done a really nice job of growing a following before NIL. So those who already had large followings on Instagram or TikTok prior to July 1st were able to capitalize. It's my turn now. Go for it. They are the definition of using NIL to be an entrepreneur. In many ways, they're like the Kardashians of college sports. Everybody wants to know about them. Before long, Everybody was keeping up with the Cavenders. When did you start noticing gaining traction and when you're like, yo, we should keep doing this? It was this one particular TikTok I remember making. It was to the song Chicken Wing. You were like, chicken wing, chicken wing in the middle of the street. It had like 30 million views, I think now. And Haley and I were like, wow, like we heard about NIL eventually being a thing. Maybe like we could take advantage of the opportunity. But before their senior year, they decided to jump into the transfer portal, a post-NIL rule that allows athletes to transfer schools to play for other colleges without having to sit out a year, ultimately trading in the laid-back vibes of California for the beaches of Miami. Where bigger basketball games and more lucrative endorsement deals were in their future. How does social media take this to a whole new level? Social media is everything. I think when the NIL ruling first came down, one of the biggest outcries was, well, all the money's gonna go to all the big time football players, because football and basketball, that's what makes the most money for schools. And it's turned out to be very different from that. If anything, there are a lot of women who are making far more money than men are. Now, before we go on, Let's talk a bit more about how this all works. We know that student athletes can profit off themselves, but who exactly is paying? How does it actually work? Oh, in a number of different ways. You're talking, let's say, sponsorships. Maybe a local car dealership will say, oh, I'll do a deal with you and you help uh, advertise something that I'm doing. So you've got a lot of these kids, a lot of these student athletes have these huge social media followings. So advertisers will pay them money to mention their product or give them products. In other instances, student athletes might make brand deals themselves. From every company I've talked to that tracks that sort of thing, they do say that athlete influencers have higher engagement rates than most other influencers do. And honestly, I think it's great for athletes because even those that didn't have a big following at the beginning, you can grow a following moderately fast on social media and take advantage of it still. But there's another aspect to this business model. They're called NIL collectives, usually founded by wealthy donors who are alumni and super fans, often referred to as boosters, pooling money together to give benefits to college athletes coming to their university, all of which is permitted by the NCAA in the post-NIL world. You got a group of boosters who pay money into this collective, and the collective finds opportunities in name, image, and likeness for the kids. So. The collective might say, oh, you come here and we have these opportunities here and there and it could be worth this amount of money. 
And so that's appealing to them. We're on a cigarette racing boat right now. She's driving the boat. We're driving the boat now. She's driving the boat. A rich toy for very rich people. And the twins are brand ambassadors. We're lucky to be a part of their team. It's owned by this guy, billionaire lawyer, businessman, and University of Miami alum, John Ruiz. You might call him the godfather of the NIL era, striking deals with athletes across the country to the tune of $10 million to promote his range of companies. You've got $10 million worth of deals with athletes in multiple different programs around the country. What do you say to people who say that this is negatively impacting the sport? People kind of lose the focus of what NIL is about. Mm. The NIL is about the individual. It is about an individual, or obviously many individuals that have their own NIL deal, and the companies that strike deals with them. So people say, well, you put money into NIL and the team didn't win. So what? It's not about the team winning, mm. the individual one. And if you go and you interview any player that's ever had an NIL deal with us, they're gonna tell you we're legit, we're real. All the money, all the opulence sure screams legit, but NIL has its detractors who fear the influence of that money on young athletes. A lot of those same critics will say people like yourself are buying these athletes. I mean, what do you say to that? I mean, it's a deal, right? So if you talk to the athletes, most of them will not tell you that the main reason why they go to a school is because of NIL. They've already made a decision, and depending on who the player is, we as a company measure what their return on investment is. now. While we make money and we get that recognition, the player also advances his or her interest, right? So in many ways, we elevate the value of an NIL player. But what about the collegiate athlete? I mean, this is a pressure that they haven't faced before, right? Being compared against very public deals. I mean, that's what life is about, right? You're not gonna have mommy and daddy there around you when you have to deal with real life. So you have to, you know, become a big boy or big girl real quick. Our interview with John Ruiz and the Cavender Twins happened in early February. A couple weeks later, the NCAA announced it had issued sanctions on the University of Miami women's basketball program for its recruitment of Hannah and Haley, saying that booster John Ruiz had provided an impermissible meal. So that all revolved around a photo that John Ruiz tweeted of the Cavender twins and their parents at his house. There has been great debate about whether the Cavender twins had dinner there or not. And the reason that's so important is because that would be against NCAA rules to accept that meal from a booster. Many of those rules are archaic. And one of these leftover rules is before you come to the university, you can't meet with a booster like that. Coach Katie Meyer was suspended for three games at the start of the season for inadvertently helping facilitate a meeting between the Cavender twins and Ruiz. It was the first punishment in the NIL era of its kind. Neither the Cavender twins nor John Ruiz were sanctioned. In a statement, Ruiz told ABC News, in part, the facts contained in the NCAA's findings were incorrect in several ways. First, the Cavender twins did not have dinner at my house the night of our first meeting. They had dinner at my home months later after they were enrolled at UM. Coach Meyer did nothing more than express her excitement about the fact the twins were coming to Miami. No one ever attempted to entice the Cavenders into attending UM. The University of Miami and women's basketball coach Katie Meyer released statements about the sanctions. Coach Meyer saying in part, collegiate athletics is in transformation. 
and any inadvertent mistake I made was prior to a full understanding of implemented guardrails and a clarification issued by the NCAA in May. And the university saying in part, Coach Meyer and the university have accepted responsibility, and this negotiated resolution allows us to move forward and is in the best interests of Coach Meyer, our student athletes, and our university. The sanctions may be the first for the NIL era, but it's not the first time the NCAA came down on an athlete or a school for breaking its rules. Before NIL, when making money off your name was off limits, there were legendary tales. Who stands out to you? The biggest one for me, and I think in many ways, it's kind of the weirdest one, is Eric Dickerson. His situation with taking money ended up becoming one of the most famous stories in college sports. A lot of this stuff, you know, like I said, it's just actual game, helmets and the balls and all that kind of stuff. This is my SMU helmet. I mean, this is just a Max Pro helmet. It's got a hard outer coat. But look, but look at the padding inside. Look at that. The Pony Express helmet that's, that's right here. That's the Pony Express. You see the pictures over there? That's the helmet I'm wearing right there in that picture right there. This is really cool, man. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's a real helmet. There's every piece of a Hall of Fame career in this room. The helmets, the footballs, the trophies. The essential pieces of one of the greatest NFL players of all time. At running back, number 29, Eric Dickerson. But back in 1978, Eric Dickerson was just being discovered. Eric Dickerson, rural kid from Texas who coming out of high school, was one of the most hotly recruited running backs really in history. I mean, this guy had it all and everybody wanted him. And so he was the center of a huge recruiting battle. Recruiters from every D1 college football program were at Dickerson's door in Sealy, Texas. What did that recruiting process look like back then? The rules that were in place. By the crooked ass NCAA, yeah. they, they, they so damn crooked. Trying to get the prep phenom to commit to their school. People think I went to SMU because of the money they paid, but let me tell you, everybody was offering money. One of those schools courting Eric, Texas A&M University. They were just up the street from his hometown and they wanted Eric bad. My mother said, hey, we're gonna meet your grandmother in Houston. We're gonna go down and look at this, look at this car. I'm like, okay. And it was three white men now, with my mom, my grandmother, and them, everybody was there, my stepfather. And they said, take the car for the test drive. I took it out, drove it. Which one you picked? The gold one. Right. With the gold legal on top. Drove it, came back. And they said, you like it? I said, I like it. I say, it's yours. I'm like, huh? She said, it's yours. I, I had the gold trans Am. This story, I mean, you couldn't script it in Hollywood better. And people have to understand Back in the 70s and 80s, kids were getting paid. They were getting different benefits. It just wasn't legal, and it certainly wasn't permissible under NCAA rules. Everybody wants them to play for them, and Texas A&M really wanted them. So someone affiliated in some way with Texas A&M provided him with a Trans Am, and Eric Dickerson gave them a verbal commitment, the school. But before long, the NCAA was sniffing around, asking questions. Like, how did Dickerson, a kid from a farm town in Texas, get these wheels? When I got that car, I said, let's say it's a Friday. Mm -hmm. Monday morning, the NCAA was at Sealy High School. I was in lab class. I got knocked on the door, and the teacher came out, and he said, Eric, someone else wants to talk to you outside. And I'm from the NCAA. I'd like to talk to you about your Trans Am.
When ABC reached out to Texas A&M for comment about the Trans Am, they said in part, There is no one currently affiliated with the Texas A&M football program that has any knowledge of Mr. Dickerson's claims. Eric says until later in his career, he had no idea how he got it. Well, let me tell you something. I think I was in the pros when I finally found out how this Trans Am was paid for. Uh, I asked my mother one day. I said, Mama, I said, tell me, how did that Trans Am? She said, don't worry about it. She said, I'm going to tell you something. It'll never come back on you. So, all good, right? He's going to play for Texas A&M. Not so fast. Eric Dickerson changes his mind and decides to play for SMU. So, you can imagine the person involved in this who gave him the Trans Am's like, dude, what's going on, man? I gave you this car, now you're going to SMU? Our in-state rivals? What are you talking about? Well, if they demand the car back, that could catch the attention of the NCAA and that could blow back on Texas A&M. So Eric Dickerson, and this is the ultimate in-your-face move, he keeps the Trans Am, and in the fall, he drives it to SMU. It's at Southern Methodist University where Eric Dickerson took the college football world by storm. All-American, breaking records, quickly vaulting him to the highest peaks of the NCAA. Coming out of high school, when I went to SMU, everybody was saying, you're crazy. You know, why you go to SMU? You'll never win. Even my friends in Sealy said I'd never win. I can't wait to go home this summer and Thanksgiving to show my ring off to them. But during that time, Eric says, he was receiving money to play. What did SMU give you while you were at the school? I got 500 bucks. That was it. I think it made me play harder. You know, I was going to play hard no matter what. $500 a month, that's what I got. That $500, Eric says, was a monthly payment, which was a clear NCAA violation at the time. Eric says some of that money he received was being sent back home to his mom. Dickerson, goodbye, goodbye. According to Eric, his story isn't unique, and he says the NCAA has been taking advantage of players for a long time. It's a form of slavery, it really is. It's not beating you over the back, you know, you're in the cotton fields picking cotton. It's not that, but they make all the money. You do all the work. You house me, you feed me, but you're making all the money. So what's the difference? Now, if you got an education along the way, fine. But if you didn't, that's on you. The president of NCAA, he's getting money. The coach is getting money. Those jerseys, that Eric Dickerson number 19, it can't run around on the field by itself. They go to those games to watch the athletes play, but you can't, you can't reap any of the benefits. I've always thought that was wrong. In November 1986, over four years after Eric graduated from SMU, Dale Hansen aired a 40-minute special report on WFAA, ABC News' Dallas affiliate, showing that SMU was allegedly paying its football players. I received uh, $25,000 to attend SMU. The program was already on probation for recruiting violations when an NCAA investigation found that they had been giving money and gifts to players. The report and the ensuing investigation led to the cancellation of the school's 1987 season, the first death penalty ever handed down by the NCAA to a major university. The NCAA had decided to punish the school with the equivalent of a public hanging. The university will be prohibited from participating in any football game or scrimmage with outside competition in 1987. What was that like watching that from where you were sitting as a pro player at that point? I'm like, I had nothing to do with the death penalty. And, and seriously, they was Eric Dixon and Craig James. My name always come first. In the fall of 2022, SMU released this commercial for their upcoming season. Eric in, you guessed it, 
a gold Trans Am. It's almost tragically ironic, subtly poking fun at the entire saga nearly four decades later. We can look back at that and be like, how ridiculous was it that this was a big deal? Now we're laughing at it. So funny how things change so fast. When reached for comment directly about the payments Dickerson allegedly received, SMU responded, Eric Dickerson is a valued SMU alumnus whose athletic achievements earned him a place in both the college and pro football halls of fame. Do you think the NCAA owes an apology or some sort of reparative uh, actions in, in order to make things right with the athletes that, that did get burned? Being a lawyer, I'm very much a like by the rule, by the book kind of person. So those were the rules at the time. You had to obey the rules that existed at the time. Do I wish they had changed sooner? Yes, but you had to operate under the rules. So I, I would not expect apologies or to go back and change the outcome of that. I think the NCAA owes SMU reparations for sure what they did to them. You talked about that 500 bucks that you made a month. Now we're talking to kids who are playing at the collegiate level who are making deals worth as much as seven figures. Is there too far of an extreme that the pendulum can swing here? Mm -mm, good for them. I'm happy for these kids because times have changed. I mean, social media has changed everything. So everyone at the college level is currently able to do NIL deals. Mm -hmm. Where it's messy now is at the high school level um, because that's not allowed in every state. Now the NCAA can make all the rules it wants, but the NCAA doesn't have control over society. Congress makes the laws. The way the Supreme Court ruling worked was, hey, nobody can restrict kids from doing this. So it would follow that that would be the same for high schools, elementary schools, whoever. Feels like few people realize the NIL conversation is happening way beyond the collegiate level to high school athletics. We're here in Philadelphia to link up with a local high school football coach who's concerned about what this means for his student athletes. Let's go. Let's go, gentlemen, let's go, let's go, let's go. All the way up, all the way up. Compete, compete. One more thousand. Two one thousand, three one thousand. Yeah. Now, now, you got yourself covered. Well, how'd you get yourself covered? Al Crosby has been coaching football here in Philly for over 20 years. Between running a high school program and managing Pennsylvania's elite seven-on-seven team, boom, good, good. He's earned his place as a fixture in his community. How's everything, man? Good. How you doing? Bro? How's everything? How you and a voice for the high school athletes he coaches. There it is. Great job, Bree! Yes, Bree! When the NCAA back in 2021 said it was going to be up to states to decide how high school athletes dealt with name, image, and likeness, did you think that conversation was going to come to your locker room? No, I really didn't think that Pennsylvania would be one of the states that would kind of jump. That's why I questioned do you do it at the high school level? Just like, you know, you say, hey, this age is when you can drink. This age is when you can drive. Is there an age that you should be able to get uh, some money values behind it? So is the next step going to grade school level? Why? Ah! Essentially, the NCAA has no problem with student athletes doing NIL deals before they become college athletes. And that really opened up for high school students 
except that most states had a state high school association that did not allow NIL, so that had to change. And has that changed since? Absolutely, now we have more than half of the states that have changed their rules at their state high school athletic association to allow NIL. My concern about that for the young people in the city of Philadelphia, the streets are very, very violent right now. Mm -hmm. And there was a time that athletes were off limits. You were an athlete, you got a pass. So if there's a kid that's quote unquote a superstar athlete, he's got a target on his back anyway. But now all of a sudden, this guy gets this deal, this NIL deal, and it says uh, you got an NIL deal for $500,000. Well now all of a sudden he's not only a target, but he's got a price tag on it too. So that concerns me. In a 2020 study by the Hope Center at Temple University, researchers found that nearly 14% of Division I athletes had experienced homelessness in the previous year, and nearly a quarter were food insecure in the prior 30 days. What kind of situations are some of the athletes coming from that, that it does concern you? You know, I think about one of the schools that I was at. I had six homeless kids on my team at one time. When you talk about people in Philly, a lot of people, we're paycheck by paycheck people. So our young people want to try to find ways to, to help their families. So it's, it's a survival mode. What are your concerns with NIL? My biggest concern is we don't protect the student athletes because we get this assumption like we always do with athletes. They got the money, they can handle themselves. At the college level, college athletic departments went out, they hired third parties to come in and help with education and help student athletes understand not only how to get deals, but understand financially how much money to put aside for taxes and really prepare for life after NIL. That's not happening at the high school level. Most high school student athletes are gonna have to just figure this out on their own. My concern is, how is it handled? Are we setting the kids up to be successful or are we setting them up to fail? I think that we just need a lot more clarity on those things. Good, 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 one yard. You're not against NIL by any means. You're just concerned. No, I'm not against it. I am pro NIL deals as long as we have structure behind it. If young people can gain some type of finances, if it can change the outcome of a family, I'm all for it. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. If there's one thing we've learned about young athletes, 
it's they're always looking toward the future. Get back, get back, two, two, get back, two. And every sport is always looking for their next big star. One of those stars might just be 16-year-old Johnwell Boogie Flan. All eyes have been on the teenager from the Bronx since he first stepped on the court for Archbishop Stepanak, a private school in White Plains, about 45 minutes north of where he grew up. How'd you get the name Boogie? Uh, so when I was young, like four or five, mm. we would have parties and cookouts. Whenever a song came on, I was the first one to the dance floor. You know, I was just life at the party. He's feeling it, and he buries it. He's averaging more than 17 points a game for the school and just brought home the city championship. And Archbishop Stepanak has won. The There's no question Boogie is one of the top prep players in the entire country. Being recruited by pretty much all the top D1 basketball programs. Kentucky, North Carolina, Yukon, Michigan, Alabama, UCLA, and so many more. What is it about the game that takes you away when you step on the floor? Well, what do you enjoy the most about it? I mean, everything, the pressure, you know, the people, the fans, just putting the ball in the hoop, the people that came from it. Mm -hmm. It's the game, it takes you places that you never would have thought you would be. Boogie, back to it, you know the jump's coming, hot. But this is a guy who has NBA written all over him. There is not an advertiser alive. Went on three, one, two, three. That doesn't want to reach kids who are in their teens. And Boogie is just prime for that. Great basketball player, smart, engaging kid, and the kind of kid that advertisers want to get by. So when NIL became official nearly two years ago, the benefits oh, and the deals quickly moved from the university level to the high school level. But at the time, few knew what that really meant. When did you first realize that you could make money doing this at a school level. It was one practice and I came in, I read on Instagram, it was like a, t a tweet or like a post to ask my coach, like, uh, what's that about? Like, I thought that's not like legal or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And it was like, no, they're actually uh, making NIL legal. And then that's when they got into the whole thing of NIL and explained it to me mm -hmm. what it was about to be like in high school. Just to see my package from Under Armour, it's called the Carnival Pack, comes with a fire tee. Almost immediately, Boogie started striking deals. John Will Flan, Boogie, also from the Bronx, relentless, a student of the game. Becoming one of the first high school athletes in New York City to have an NIL sponsorship. He has a chance to be one of the best coming out of New York. What was that first deal? Oh, uh, it was Spreadshop, actually. It was Spreadshop. That was the first deal. They made me t-shirts and, like, hats and stuff, whatever I wanted, you know. They Boogie's built your brand based on Boogie. Basically. Okay. And they have my face on it. And every month or every two weeks, I got, like, $1,000 or something like that for a post that I posted on my story, promoting my brand and promoting what they were uh, doing for me. 1000 bucks though. That's yeah. not lunch money, bro. It's what, not. <laughs> what's that like for you to be getting that check? I mean, I was just in shock, but, you know, it's like, put me in perspective that like the whole work I'm doing and the work I'm putting in between these lines is definitely paying off, you know, and it's, mm -hmm. you know, making me look ahead of what more I can accomplish or what more I could do. How much do you think you've raked in until this point? As far as what, what do you mean? And I owe money, like uh, total. I couldn't even tell you. We talking Lambo money, we talking <laughs> Prius money. I wanna say six figures or so. Six, six figures? Yeah. What has that meant to you and your family, given where you came from? I mean, it was big. Uh, 
it changed my family. It changed the way we looked at things, you know. Uh, you know, being from the Bronx, weren't, weren't that wealthy, you know. Mm -hmm. It definitely changed my life, I'll tell you that. What does Boogie represent? Because it feels like he is pioneering the, this new territory for a whole generation of high school athletes who didn't even know they could they could be getting paid. I think high school athletes or even college athletes who want to monetize their NIL need to understand that just highlighting your sport and those like action shots of you on the field isn't gonna be enough. I think he does a great job of showing his personality and giving a look at what his whole life is like, not just his life in his sport. Since you started being able to make money off sort of these NIL deals, have things changed at all for you as far as on the court, like how you operate with your teammates and your friends? NIL could change a team's connection, you know? This person's getting this, this person's getting that. All right, guys, clap it up, clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. Hey, listen. But personally, me, it hasn't changed anything on the court for me and my teammates, you know? We love each other. So you got these other high school athletes who, who are making, you know, millions of dollars. When you see the money to be made at sort of the superstar level, even when you're in high school, yeah. what does that mean to you? So much to be done. One day, you could be making 5000 or 10000 for your NIL, and then next thing you know, you're making millions at a high school level, not even in college, not even a pro yet. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's very unbelievable. One thing is clear. This is a different generation. Because of a previous generation's fight, the rules have changed. Boogie and recruits like him are pioneering this NIL thing, and they'll set the tone for the next class to come. What do you say to kids your age, especially talented uh, high school athletes who are hoping to explore this NIL world? Um, it's not easy, you know? With all the NIL, with the brand, with everything that comes with NIL, mm -hmm. be mentally prepared, make sure you come in mature, present yourself, as you want to see yourself, mm -hmm. and just believe in yourself. As for where things stand now, at least for college sports, NIL has created a paradox. New NCAA president Charlie Baker weighed in on the issue on NCAA social series. No one knew what NIL was going to be like until he actually had it. So trying to figure out what a, what a framework would look like, or what some rules might be, or how you might protect um, student athletes and families, um, and create some accountability. You really couldn't do that until you actually saw what it was gonna look like coming out. For the NCAA, it's like, what are we gonna do here? They're going to Congress trying to say, can we set up a national framework? Can we set up some set of laws so that everybody has the same playing field? Should amateur athletes be paid? Not everyone agrees on the answer to that question. But after decades of not having a choice and generations of athletes doing it for free, for right now, there is an answer to that question. How it plays out and what happens next is up to them. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.